0: Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier.
1: Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast about how to bring more happiness into your daily life. This week we'll talk about one approach to having a happier new year and the benefits of the five-second rule. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, human nature, and the four tendencies. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, who I wish were coming to Kansas City for the holidays this year. Elizabeth, next year is our turn. This year, you're not in Kansas City with us.
0: Nope. That's me, Elizabeth Craft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. I know, Gretchen, I always miss our trek to Halls, yes. our post-Christmas <laughs> trek to Halls, which is our favorite department store in Kansas City where they have sales. Yes. So, um, next year, we will go to Halls.
1: Next year, we'll go to Halls.
0: Um, and Gretchen, we have to remind everybody that our um, 200th episode is coming up, which is so major. Yes. Very exciting. Very exciting. Um, and we're telling uh, listeners they can ask us anything.
1: Yes, we're very excited. It can be big or small. It can be personal or professional. Any Anything goes. Um, and we look forward to hearing from everybody.
0: Yeah, in our 200th episode, we will reveal all. <laughs> we'll answer all these questions.
1: I want to think if I have a question for you, Elizabeth. Huh? Ah. Yeah. And we got a great uh, response uh, from Angelo from the Philippines about our discussion of making an introduction in episode 194.
0: Yeah, he writes, you mentioned that you thought it would be a great idea if there were a wedding tradition of marking out the person who introduced the couple. In the Filipino Chinese community here, it actually happens, or a version of it. I don't know what it's called exactly, but the couple actually gives the person who introduced them cash. (laughs) A friend got got 5,000 pesos, roughly $90, for introducing a couple to each other. After I learned about that, I began thinking of Filipino Chinese friends to introduce.
1: (laughs) That is so great. Yes, I love the idea that you get your recognition. I didn't think about actually giving cash, but yeah, I was thinking more like a little crown, but that's good too. But I
0: do think, I mean, meeting your soulmate is worth
1: $90 yes. to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And it'd be fun. It'd be fun part of the wedding yes. ser- uh, you know, tr- celebration. Yeah. Now, let's Lizette, this week, our Try This At Home tip is to design your own happiness project. As we've mentioned, as we're running up to 2019, we're going to talk about various different ways to think about approaching the new year so you can be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative in 2019. And we all know about making New Year's resolutions. Like, that's a classic. Love the New Year's resolution. And that can be great for some people. But sometimes people don't want to make New Year's resolutions. They don't like them or they mm-hmm. don't work well. And so we're going to talk about a lot of different kind of other approaches that you could use if you want to think about 2019 and what you might do differently or change in 2019 to make the year happier. And, and some we've talked about before, but we're going to revisit because we're heading into a new year. And so it's a whole new opportunity to use all these different strategies.
0: Okay. So Gretchen, you're the author of The Happiness Project, <laughs> which just had its 10th anniversary edition come out. Yeah. Tell our listeners, in case anyone hasn't read it, yeah. how do you do your own happiness project?
1: Well, there's no wrong way to do a happiness project, for sure, but I can say the way that I did it because it seems to be a structure that works for a lot of people. So what I did is I thought – I kind of took a step back from everyday life and thought, well, what would make me happier? What would make me – like, what do I want more of? More friends? More fun? More interesting things? What do I want less of? Uh, Less things that make me angry or bored or guilty – or kind of waste of time? How do I live a life that's more uh, in harmony with my values? How do I feel right? And then how do I have an atmosphere of growth? Like where am I learning mm-hmm. or making something better or fixing something or teaching someone? So those it's feeling good, feeling bad, feeling right in an atmosphere of growth. And so thinking about all those aspects of my life, then I thought, okay, well, I'm going to take a year because a year is long enough for there to be actual change, but not so long that it feels you know, interminable. <laughs> And then, for, and then I picked 12 themes. This is starting to sound complicated, it's actually not. Then I picked 12 themes. So like one theme could be energy or one theme could be parenthood or family or friends or time or possessions or whatever you want it to be. Um, and then I thought of you know, several, maybe three to five concrete manageable resolutions in that theme that I thought would make me happier. So let's just make it up. Let's say that one of your themes was energy that was my first theme in January because I figured, well, if I had more energy, everything would be easier. Mm. One of your, you could have the resolution to get more sleep. And like, how would you turn that? You might say like, your resolution is to set an alarm every night at 1030 to remind you to go to bed mm. on time. Or your resolution could be get ready for bed right after dinner so that it's easier for me to get into bed as soon as I'm sleepy. Or, you know, not not to check my phone after 10 p.m. Or whatever it might be mm-hmm. that would help you to have more energy. If you do a happiness project this way, it does take a little bit of planning because you have to think of your themes and then think of how you would translate that into aims, concrete, manageable things you would do. But that's actually pretty fun for most people. It's a pretty fun, creative undertaking. And so, so that's one way you can think about, okay, well, what do I, at the end, by the end of 2019, what do I want to have done? And this is a way to make sure that you kind of hit a lot of the big things.
0: I also think it's a great idea to do this with a friend or a group of friends. So you could have a gathering at your house and everyone sort of sits down and thinks about what yeah. their themes are going to be. Yeah. And then you could get ideas from friends about, you know, some things will resonate with you that don't resonate with them and vice versa. But I'm sure there would be crossover. Yeah. So I always think if you make it sort of a group activity and everybody's excited about it, that that'll just help you focus to do it.
1: Yeah. 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 um
0: yeah. and then also with ideas of course you offer so many tips for these various things like if you want to get more sleep or you want to go to the gym more often but it also could just be helpful to have friends who are, you know, doing some of the same things.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's a great idea. Like, and I think it always helps to have like fancy magic markers and you've got like a great pad of white paper and you're writing it down. No, I think anything that gets you excited about it and pumped up um, really, and and makes it more fun too, because part of this is you want to bring a spirit of like fun and creativity and optimism and hope. I think a lot of times with New Year's resolutions, there's sort of this feeling of, defeat, like, oh my gosh, here I am, yet again, making a New Year's resolution to exercise more, like, I know I'm gonna let myself down again. Like, a lot of times people feel very discouraged. And so maybe mm-hmm. shake it up, do it a different way, and this is a way to set it up where I think it's it's trying to make it more likely that you're gonna follow through by really directing your attention on these concrete, manageable resolutions.
0: And to things that are important to you. Yes I and mean, I think that's a key. Now, question I have. So you you know, so you have January, February, March, you have all your months and your your themes and your resolutions. So is the idea that whatever you do in January you're gonna keep doing by December, like you add things in? Yes. How does that work?
1: Well, so if something doesn't work, like I tried meditation, I I write about this in Happier at Home, which is the, I I wrote a book about a happiness project that I did but was focused on home. And it just didn't work for me. I'm like one of these people, I'm like, I tried meditation and I did it. It's like, I've tried it twice and it just, I I don't, it's whatever. It just is not something that works for me. Um, so that I dropped because it wasn't working. But a lot of things, usually you pick things that you think are going to work and then they do work. And so the idea is that you it would be cumulative and that you would keep your 1030 bedtime alarm going off indefinitely because there are things that that are working. But if it's not working, then you can let it go. And sometimes there are things that only come up every once in a while. Like for, in the Happiness Project, I write about my resolution to uh, celebrate holiday breakfast. or Maybe that's in Happier at Home. Mm. But celebrate holiday breakfast, you know, you only do that like four times a year. So it's not like, oh, this is something that's happening every day. It's like, oh, it happens every Valentine's Day and every St. Patrick's Day. But it's not like I'm doing this every day of the week.
0: And Gretch, why do people have so much trouble, myself included, um, so this is a question for me, on following through with things that they know would make them happier?
1: So this is a million-dollar question, and this is something that, like, ever since the Happiness Project has come out, I've just been thinking about more and more and more, which is, like, sometimes you don't know that something would make you happier, and then you need to figure that out. But often you know perfectly well what would make you happier, and it's Mm. like, then why isn't action following from that? Okay, so one thing I thought about was habits, because so often it's Mm. a problem of habit formation. So you know you'd be happier if you read more. And so the question is, why is it hard to form the habit of, of reading more? Or you know you'd be happier if you ate more healthfully, so what is stopping you? So so that's what led me to write my book Better Than Before. That's all about specifically about habit formation. And the point of habits is because they're going to make you happier or healthier, or more productive, or more creative. And so, and so I think for a lot of times when people solve the problem of habit formation, then they are able to meet their aims for whatever is making them happier. It's really a habit formation problem. And mm-hmm. I also have a habit journal that is like if you need kind of if you're like a journal maker and you want help, there's something that uh, that goes with better than before that helps you track your habits. If that's something that people think would be would be useful, and that led me to the four tendencies, which, of course, I talk about. You know, whether you're an upholder, a questioner, a or a rebel, because a lot of times when people are trying to do something, they they might be approaching it in a way that's not right for their tendency. So, if you're a rebel and you're like, okay, I really want to eat healthfully, and so I'm just going to make a rule for myself that I'm not going to eat bread. But then the next day I just go out and eat a huge loaf of sourdough bread. That's not working for me. I'm like, yeah, because you're a rebel and you need to do it in a rebel way. And so understanding the four tendencies is another element of like, why is it that sometimes people aren't able to achieve their aims? I think it's because they're trying to do it in a way that people are saying, you should do it this way, but it's not the right way for them. And so that's how I got into the four tendencies because you really, you're much better able to meet your aims if you can take your tendency into account.
0: You know, Gretch, one thing I love about the Happiness Project, when you started it, the idea was like, how can I change my life without changing my life? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's important because it's like a lot of people are very happy with their lives in general. They just want to be a little bit happier. Yeah. And so if, you know setting an alarm at 10 (laughs) 30 will make you that little bit happier you know do it and so i think it's like it's this isn't saying a radical thing where suddenly you're you know you're getting rid of all possessions and you're (laughs) not gonna watch
1: tv and you're not you know what i mean like yeah yeah
0: this is like incorporating a little more happiness into your life obviously understanding yourself and having better habits as part of that but it's also just paying attention to where you want to focus your energy, yeah. which is obviously so important, and I think we all sort of often forget to do just in the rush of everyday life.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think I think that's exactly right. And I think for most of us, certainly for me, for you, there's a lot of low hanging fruit. There's a lot of stuff we can do without mm-hmm. spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Like you do not need to like have a like make a huge change or make a big, find a big hole in your schedule, you know, like for the 10-day silent meditation retreat or something because that might be great for you, but you may just be like, well, that's that's not something I can do or want to do. But so what are the things you can do as just part of your ordinary day? And I think there's a lot, there's a lot of room. I mean, even something as silly as like when I realized that I never hung up my coat because I don't like using hangers and so I put a hook inside mm. my closet door. I mean, mm-hmm. could there be something more trivial? And yet, Like every time I put my coat on the hook, I'm like, here I am putting my coat on the hook. Look at me, you know, Um, instead of throwing it on the chair by the front door the way I used to do.
0: Yeah. And I love that the happiness projects includes things like that. Yeah. Um, But then it also includes like, I think you, I I don't know if this is in the happiness project or happier at home. We were focusing on family and you realized, oh, we need to give warm hellos and goodbyes. And that's a more sort of transcendent emotional thing as opposed to just like, oh, make your bed every day.
1: Yeah. No. And in fact, those those are the ones that probably have the biggest payoff, like things that go to things that are really deeply connected with happiness, like relationships. Yeah. So I think it's good with a happiness project to sort of mix it up, maybe have some that are kind of very small and some that are bigger and some that go to like transcendent values and some that are things like clearing clutter, which actually matters more than you might think. But I think that's part of the fun and the creativity of coming up with a happiness project is, you know, maybe you want to bring more music into your life or more travel into your life, or you want to see your friends more. You know, know, there's, it's kind I think once, a lot of times what I've seen is like, once people start thinking about it, they start getting really excited because they start thinking of like little things they could do. And so it ends up being a very sort of optimistic, exciting undertaking. Um, yes. Because you see all this opportunity. Um, and I've tried to make it easier because now since the Happiness Project did come out 10 years ago, I've heard from a lot of people and I've seen like mm. a lot of the, the stumbling blocks to get in people's ways. So on my site, I have tons of resources, like the one sentence journal, because that was something that resp- a lot of people responded to was like just writing down one sentence every day. Because it turns out a lot of people want to keep a journal but then they abandon it because it's too much work, but they can do one sentence. So like I actually created a one sentence journal when I realized that was something that worked for somebody because sometimes it helps to have tools.
0: Yeah, and one thing, Gretchen, is I bet a happiness project would look different for people depending on their age. So what you want when you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, it changes. So it's worth checking in with yourself every so often and doing a new happiness project and sort of redirecting what it is um, that will make you happier.
1: Right. I think with every life stage that you go through, everything has to be kind of reconfigured. And like we, you talk a lot about like the season of sacrifice. Like, there cert- like there's times mm. where different things are kind of ascendant or less important. It's funny, too, like thinking about this. One of the things that some people object to with New Year's resolutions is that January 1st is an arbitrary date. Like questioners mm. really don't like the arbitrariness of January 1st. But I also think like with the happiness project, you need a reason to start it, to think about it. And because in the chaos of everyday life, a lot of times we don't step back and think about these things.
0: Mm. Um, we don't think
1: about like, okay, now that my whole life is different than it was five years ago, what do, I, how do, what do I need to work on or what would make me happier? So something like a new year, it's a catalyst for reflection. Yes, it's arbitrary, maybe it's your birthday, um, maybe it's another important milestone for you, but we all need sort of a reminder to step back and think about these big things
0: yes so i hope everyone does a happiness project and uh, um yeah. And Gretchen, I know people have been asking you forever, like, how can I do my own happiness project? And you've actually done an online course to help people.
1: Yes, I finally did this. Uh, you can go to courses.gretchenrubin.com slash happiness. And of course, there'll be a link to this in the show notes. It's going to go on sale in December 2018. Um, and so you can go there and sign up for the waitlist to be notified as soon as it goes on sale. It's called The Happiness Project Experience, and I've listened to people for years about what help they need. So sometimes they need help structuring, sometimes they need help with ideas, sometimes they want kind of encouragement, some people need accountability, obligers, I'm looking at you. Um, So this is something, this is a a course, I have had so much fun creating this course, that's really helped meant to help people launch and then follow through on their happiness projects. Cause it's one thing is what it, what is it that you're asking of yourself? And then also it's like, you want to follow through so that you actually get the benefit. So this is something that I've created that's really intended um, to help people who feel, some people want to do it on their own, which is great. just do it however you want to do it. But for people who want a little bit more structure and, and kind of a, a like go through it with other people, the course is there. So again, that's coursesgretchenrubincom slash happiness. A mouthful.
0: And Gretch, I want to mention that part of this course is um, you, you do live calls. Yeah. Um, so that's fun because I think people like getting their questions answered like in real time yeah. directly from you.
1: Yeah. If anybody did the four tendencies course, I did it for the four tendencies course. And so it'll be part of the happiness project experience as well. It's so fun. That's one of my favorite things is hearing what people are thinking about. Oh, yeah. So let us know if you do try this at home and what you're doing to design your own happiness project. Remember, there is no wrong way to do a happiness project. Uh, let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode, happiercast.com slash 198 for everything related to this episode.
0: Coming up, a listener has a happiness hack that's going to help me keep my closet clean at long last. But first, this break.
1: The listener is just to let you know, because of Elizabeth's fabulous Hollywood job, um, she couldn't help me with recording the ads this time. So for once, it's just me.
0: Get warm weather ready with quince go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and three hundred and sixty five day returns that's q u i n c e dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and three hundred and sixty five day returns quince dot com slash Gretchen
1: so Alyssa, a few weeks ago you gave yourself a demerit this is a this was a repeated demerit for mm-hmm. your super messy closet. This is something that is just comes up in your life. Uh, you mm-hmm. do, you have this, this super messy closet problem. And we got an interesting suggestion from a listener.
0: Yes, this came from Sarah. She says, every time you walk in there, do something that takes almost no time at all. Like a spin-off of the one minute rule, but more like the five second rule. Or if you like better, I can't do everything, but I can do something. (laughs) Pick up one hanger that fell to the floor. Put the scarf back on the hook. Pick up the price tag on the floor and put it in the trash. Turn that backwards hanger around. I think you'll be surprised how much progress you make with negligible amounts of effort put in when you're in your closet anyway. Well, this, for whatever reason, spoke to me, Gretch. I'm like the five second rule, like the one minute rule. One minute is a long time (laughs) if you think about it,
1: but five seconds. the, The one minute rule is my rule that I write about in Better Than Before, that anything you can do in less than a minute do without delay, like put your code on the hook or print out a letter and put it in a file or, but you feel like one minute is too much. You need, you need five seconds. This is working for you. Yes.
0: And a big thing for me is I'll have my shoes on the floor, but I have shoe shelves. So it's like such a thing of getting my shoes off the floor and onto the shoe shelves makes a huge difference in the closet. And it does take less than five seconds to put a pair of shoes on the shelf. So um, that's where I'm starting is with when I'm in the closet, taking five seconds to put a pair of shoes away. And one thing I've noticed as I've started implementing this five second rule is if you do one thing, often you'll do two things. So five seconds might stretch to 10 or 15 seconds. But if I only feel that I need to do that one little thing, like throw away you know, the price tag then I'll do it. And as Sarah said, it will add up and make a difference. If I'm in my closet a few times a day, that's several items that are getting put where they need to be. So, okay.
1: But here's my question for you, Elizabeth, and this is where Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to show my happiness bully side. My question to you is, why don't you just put the shoes on the shoe rack when you take them off? Why Why are you picking the, the tag off the floor and putting it in the trash instead of just <laughs> ripping it? Like you're just, you cut it off of a shirt, a new shirt, and you put it in the trash mm. automatically. Like you, to me, that is the place for that five second to happen is like, hang up the shoe. I'm not saying that I do this all the time. For sure, I don't. But I'm just saying like, you could just move the five seconds earlier in time and save yourself a whole death.
0: Gretch, I have no answer <laughs> to that question. I have no idea why I don't just put the shoes on the shelf. I really don't. I think because I feel like I deserve to just leave them on the floor because I am tired.
1: Okay, um, well- But
0: you know, you bring up a good point. <laughs> I should think about it.
1: Well, do you think that is it that the tasks are really going into two different buckets? Like one is like you doing your thing, which is taking off your shoes or taking the tag off of a shirt, and that's sort of your task, and you don't care. You fundamentally do not care. Elizabeth. You are clutter blind. You don't care. But right. then cleaning up your closet is really something you do for Adam, and so then this is like yeah. I'm going to do this for Adam. I'm. To, so maybe that's why it's being two steps instead of one step is because mm, one is what yeah. do I want to do and one is like what's being a considerate sweetheart?
0: Yeah, Gretch, I think you're on to something with that. But given that this is continued year after year, <laughs> I think I should just focus on getting it cleaned up when it gets messy. Um, I think it's a whole other level to not get to that point.
1: This is why I wanted you to get a closet door.
0: Mm, yes, well... <laughs> Maybe someday.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I st- that was a great suggestion, Sarah. Elizabeth has been trying to, like, crack this f- for years. Uh, oh, you yes. can go back to episode 10, where Elizabeth and I cleaned her messy closet, one of my mm-hmm. all-time favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. Anything that helps. So this is this is a we'll new see. tool. The five-second rule. Excellent. Um, now, Elizabeth, we're going to turn to a happiness stumbling block that's come up a lot during the holidays. We've mentioned it before, and now we're going to focus on it again, which is the stumbling block of gift giving. And, you know, we talked uh, recently about the reader's suggestion of asking children to make a likes list instead of a a wish list um, as a great idea. Um, But we thought it was worth talking about other ways to think about gift giving, because this is something where giving a gift that you know someone wants is such a pleasure. But when you don't know what to give, Mm. or you get a gift that you don't want, it, it just, it can feel like a real drag.
0: Yeah, and I do think this is like, right, the number one thing that stresses people out about the holidays is like, oh, my gift list. It's like people, I feel like, are starting to shop like earlier and earlier Mm -hmm. because the, I think because they start playing Christmas music earlier and earlier. As soon as you hear holiday music, like at the drugstore, you go, oh, my God, I need to get all these gifts. Yeah. Um, and it can be so stressful. And you want to get some people something they like because it, it feels like that shows you care, that shows you know the person. Yeah. Um, but it can be so hard to think of, of gifts. Now, one list that I like, Gretchen, for gift ideas is Oprah's favorite things. Yes, yes. Um, she puts it out every year, and it has a range of prices. So it has everything, you know, some item might be $12. Like I remember, I think I got Eliza and Eleanor, maybe my other nieces, um, little um, pouches for headphones, ah, you know, yeah. that, that were cute. Um, I think they were like $12 or $15. But then she's also got items that are $300. Right. So there's a real range. Um, There's you know specialty food items, clothing, jewelry, gadgets. So that's a good place to go.
1: Well, you've given me things from that list. You gave me that long vest because I'm cold all the time. So that I just leave that in a hook in my bedroom. And when it's winter, I just put it on over my clothes whenever I'm cold, which is all the time. And you got me like- Although
0: that's the one I have to point out, Jamie said makes you look like Han Solo, right?
1: (laughs) Who doesn't want to in look like the... Han Solo? I embrace <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, I was like, remember my vest that you said, oh, it's very Game of Thrones. So I was like, okay, well, "Yeah." I'm, I'm going to retire that bit. Um, but you also gave me like a flannel blue plaid shirt. It was like a very beautiful kind of periwinkle mm. blue. I'll put post a picture of myself in it uh, um, in the show notes. Um, so, yeah, that's a that's a great list. And I also think sometimes it's helpful to have a go-to gift where you sort of are mm. really taken with a particular gift. And you're like, I'm going to just give this to as many people for whom it makes sense. As I can instead of trying to recreate the wheel.
0: Yeah, like for instance, I love um, certain throw blankets Mm. they have at Nordstrom, Mm -hmm. these sort of faux fur, really soft throw Mm. blankets. It's something that I would love to get myself. Oddly, I've never gotten one for myself. I've bought them for other people. Because I just feel like it's just a gift that, you know, one. Uh, most people could use another throw blanket. Yes. And if not, it's an easy item to re-gift. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they can, they can put it to use elsewhere.
1: Right. It's just a, the kind of thing that they just comes in handy a lot of ways. I do this for new baby gifts. I get an LL Bean because what I found is when I had chil- babies, I had so many, I was always toting bags around like yes. all different bags. So it's an LL Bean canvas tote bag. I get the long handled zip top, big tote bag with the baby's name on it. Cause I think when you have a newborn baby, it's so cute to see their name on something. Mm-hmm. Um, you're always just like, oh my gosh, my baby is real. And that is just my go-to gift. And, and people love it. And it's something that I use all the time. And, uh, and, then, I, and then it's like, I'm not picking out an individual gift. Um, I just have my go-to gift that I, I really feel like it works. Um, and then I don't have to uh, belabor the decision of what gift to give.
0: Yeah, Gretchen, the whole topic of gift giving is huge in Hollywood because yeah. Hollywood is very big on like the art of the gift and uh-huh. what does it mean to give gifts and who gives gifts when. And Sarah and I actually talked about this on episode 80 of Happier in mm. Hollywood. If you want to hear us break down our holiday gifting, business gifting. Yeah. Um, and we often, deb- we get- we throw down because we don't always agree. It's something that we argue about.
1: Well, Sarah likes gift um, giving more than you do, as I, re- as I recall. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. So I'm always the Scrooge saying, we don't need to give that person a gift. And she's saying, yes, we do. What are you talking about? Liz, you have no heart. Right. So, um, so anyway, that's episode 80.
1: Uh, now, I asked Eliza and Eleanor for their gift suggestions because I feel like sometimes it's hard. It's often kind of that like middle school to young adult is a hard time to buy. You don't exactly, somebody's in college. What does a college student want? What does a middle schooler want? They're kind of in between adult and child. Um, So I will post a link to that in the show notes to that. But I will say that some of the top, I I thought some of the best suggestions from Eliza, who's in college, was temporary tattoos, smart speaker, nice pen, command hooks, I didn't know what command hooks were. They're these amazing magical hook that, like, you can put on a wall, and they will come off and not leave a mark. I just bought some, and, like, I'm like, now we can hang wow. Barnaby's collar on the wall by our back door. It's, like, the most amazing thing. So, But you can imagine how college students would need all – and there's big command yes. hooks, little command hooks. Um, and a fun collapsible umbrella. I think that's a great gift, like a fun, mm-hmm. you know, brightly colored collapsible umbrella, always useful. Eleanor, who's in eighth grade, says, fun socks – a Polaroid camera and film, because that's an age where you really love taking pictures of your friends. Yeah, um, and then also body products like lotions and shampoos. But she does say she thinks ten to twelve is the t- toughest age for gifts. So if you are struggling mm, with a ten to twelve year old, that's her view. Yeah. So I'll put a I'll put a link to that in the in the show notes.
0: Yeah, and part of the whole gift thing is like it's just like how do you make it fun? Like you said, you had a friend who who managed to make like gifting fun.
1: Yeah. So this I love this idea. So she was in a profession where she got a lot of gifts. She's like she's not in Hollywood, but it's like you know some professions it's just like there's a lot more gift exchange. Yeah. And so she had all these kind of nice things, but a lot of them she couldn't use. So every year she had a big uh, holiday dinner for her extended family, and she always made a table. She would decorate it, and she would put out. All the things, not raft, but just out. And it was just like, at a certain time, it was like, go see what you want from the gift table. And like, people would rush to it. And people, you know, people would find the things they wanted. And so she felt good because she got this stuff out of her house that she wasn't going to use. And she knew that she was giving it to people who really wanted it. But, but yeah. she did it in a way that really underscored kind of the festivity of it, kind of the cornucopia of giving, which I thought was better than just sort of like, kind of here and there trying to foist stuff off on people like, hey, do you need a, you know, I don't know, like, uh water bottle here's one you know it was she did it in a way that was really fun yeah
0: yeah that's really fun every year gretchen adam um he's like says like with his family maybe this is the year we should just give start just giving gifts to the kids and everybody roundly um turns that down
1: i think jamie's floated that a few times too and we've shot it down
0: I like gift giving, I like even gift- though I, 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 so. I even though I'm the Scrooge with the business gifts, like I really do enjoy gift giving.
1: Well, I think it's a really good opportunity to just sit down and think about somebody and what do they like and what are they interested in? I feel like it makes me feel closer to people every year because I'm like mm-hmm, thinking about for them. sure. But so here's something that you and I are doing for the ecosystem of gift giving. If you know somebody who just doesn't want any more stuff, but would like an experience, or if you know somebody who doesn't have much money, but still wants to give a gift, we have created this thing called the Gift of Podcast. If you go to giftofpodcast.com, um, you can enter your email and you will you will get a certificate that you can like decorate and give to somebody. That where you can say, like, here's the podcast I give to you. Like, you could give the gift of the podcast Serial. Or you could give the gift of the podcast Happier with Gretchen Ruben, Or you could give the gift of the podcast uh, Bitch about Harry Potter. Um, and it's mm-hmm. like, I'm giving you this gift. And you give it to somebody who doesn't know how to listen to podcasts. And the gift is that you will show them how to listen to that podcast. You're going to pick out a podcast, especially for them that you know that they love, that they're going to love. Almost every It's like if you've got a smartphone, you can listen to it for free like you've got what you need Mm
0: -hmm. and um so
1: this is something that you can like tie with a ribbon or put in a gift bag and then you give them something that is free doesn't take up any room on the shelf and is tons of fun and pleasure um because there's nothing like finding the perfect podcast
0: oh it's true when people have a podcast they're into at least this is in la it's sure it's different in new york they'll just sit in their car in the parking (laughs) lot and listen to a podcast it's like what's tj doing out there oh he's uh listening he's finishing dirty john yeah, yeah yeah um so you're really giving someone for free yes something that will bring them hours of pleasure and if they don't listen to podcasts yes. introduce them to the whole wonderful world of podcasts
1: yes yes so go to gift of um, to print out the certificate. Oh, and by the way, there's a page that has instructions, like if you're helping someone who maybe uses a different technology than you use, or maybe mm. you wanna just like see a list to remind you of all the steps, or if they need a cheat sheet later, um, one page is a certificate, one page is, uh, is instru- backup instructions if you need them. Um, so this is really exciting because we wanna spread the joy of podcasts throughout the world. Coming
0: up, I've got a happiness demerit that came up as my show, The Fix,
1: winds down. So Elizabeth, it's time for demerits and gold stars, and this is an even-numbered episode, and so that means it's your turn to give us your demerit. Okay,
0: Gretch, this is one, it's so obvious, I can't believe I did this. I'm so mad at myself, and I sort of had a nagging feeling. I knew it was going on for months, but I Mm. ignored it, Mm. and it came rearing up uh, this week. So um, I've got Sarah and I have a show called The Fix coming out on ABC um, in 2019. Check your local listings. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But as as we wind down shooting the shooting of the show, I've realized that I have not taken nearly enough photographs. I mean almost any photographs during these last few months of the behind the scenes of the show, of the writers, the actors, the crew, the sets. I mean, there are so many amazing pictures I could take on any given day. And I've taken like three.
1: Well, because I I, I follow you on Instagram every once in a while, you'll post it. But it's not like you're posting like three a day or something. Yeah.
0: No, and... Um I don't have like a lot of pictures of me with our various cast members. I don't know there's some writers. I don't think I have any pictures of um assistants. I mean this is such an important time in my life, yeah. and it would have been so amazing to document it and like do a book like you did our Montana book. Yeah, which how wonderful would it have been if I'd been taking photographs and I made a book for like all the EPs oh, at the end of the season? Yeah, I mean, I would have been yeah. the hero.
1: Yeah, um, wait, let me but ask I you. Just
0: didn't do it.
1: Are you allowed to take pictures? Are there any rules that you're not allowed? Like that you can't take certain pictures?
0: No. You are allowed to take pictures. You have to be careful about what you post when. Some photographs you don't want to post until after things have aired. Right. But a lot of them, if they don't give away plot detail, um, you know, you can post. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. So Elizabeth, given this demerit, uh, does this give you ideas about next season
0: Yes, so what I've realized is next season, I'm just going to be optimistic and say there is a next season, <laughs> yes. Um, yes, yes. is I, I should assign someone to be sort of the show photographer. Ah. And of course there are f- official photographers like from publicity, but yeah. I mean our unofficial, yeah. casual, go down with your iPhone once a week and snap pictures yeah. um, person. Um, and and uh, maybe the writer's assistant um, because that could be a fun job if you're the writer's assistant it gives you an excuse to go down on set to talk to people yes. yeah to Engage. you know to get to know the actors say oh hey do you mind i'm doing this for the eps yeah. so it's actually a great opportunity for somebody and then they could just email me their pictures so i do have a plan because of course with a happiness demerit the whole point is to figure out how to fix the demerit right. um so i'm actually really excited about this for next season um i think it's going to be great Um, And one thing I want to make this person do, though, is also take pictures like of me, of Sarah, of Marsha, with all the people. Because it's not just, you know, I never want to get my picture taken. But of course, then I totally regret not having pictures.
1: yes. Yeah. Well, I think it's a great idea to assign this to somebody. You know, it's not just like this is going to happen on the fly because if it's like if it's everybody's job, it's kind of nobody's job. And if it's your job, it's like you don't have time to do that job because you've got other jobs. But a writer assistant, that could be a good job for that person.
0: Yeah, they could enjoy that. And if they don't want to do it, I'm sure I could find somebody yeah. who does. Yeah. So maybe the writer's PA. Yeah. So anyway, that's me. Gretch, what's your gold star this week?
1: Well, listen, so this is a gold star that you and I talk about all the time. And I realize I don't know that we've ever mentioned it on, on the show, um, which is that we want to give a gold star for our advertisers. Because the, oh, thing, yes. the thing about the advertisers is we get to do this show for free to all of our listeners. We were yeah. talking about give to Podcast. And one of the great things about podcasts is that It's free. And the reason it's free is because of advertisers and so um so we really appreciate our advertisers that let us do this um and also you know a couple people um i love these people who will email me and be like what is that code again um because here's the thing if you use our code then it's like the advertiser knows that you're coming from our show and so then they're like oh we love the listeners of the Happier Podcast because they, you know, they come to our site, and so it really does help us, and it gives good information to the advertisers. If you do use the code, even if you're just going to like look at something, if you go in through the code, it's super helpful because we really do want to support the advertisers because they're the ones that are keeping it free for everybody.
0: Yeah, So gold star to our advertisers. Yes. Big gold star to our advertisers. Um, we appreciate you all. And then, Gretch, I'm going to expand the gold star to our listeners who do use the code. That yep. really helps us well. So yep. the, the whole advertising community, thank you.
1: Yes, yes. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Design your own happiness project. Let us know what you're planning and what you're thinking of trying to do.
0: Thank you to our producer, Bob Tabador. Also thanks to Cadence 13 and big thank you to our advertisers. <laughs> we couldn't do this without you. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com.
1: And you know what I'm going to say. I've said it before. I'll say it again. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you have a friend who doesn't know how to listen to podcasts, you can use the gift of podcast to help them learn. The resources for this week speaking of gift giving um something that you can that makes a great gift especially for someone like elizabeth who is uh, like loves a good mug um or if you want to pair it with uh, the book the Four tendencies we have the tendency mugs um if you go to my website under shop you can buy a, a mug that's your tendency or uh, someone else's tendency it has the um it has the tendency on it it has the motto of the tendency on it that's really fun and just to remind you if you're interested in the happiness project experience I will say the the URL again, it's courses.gretchenrubin.com happiness. And then you can sign up for information and for the waitlist um, for when it comes out. If you're gearing up to do your own happiness project in 2019.
0: Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm
1: Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward.